0: Amen, how many think that your, your regular Friday morning might work out better if you had a praise team to start the day off, you know, just sort of, you could come and do a worship set before we get the day going, Man, our Fridays might, might do better uh, 51 other weeks out of the year. And so glad that you're here for the pulpit conference, and uh, hasn't the Lord been speaking to us? Wow. Uh, I think of the notes that I have taken and, and the messages that we have been in. Uh, um, Wednesday night, Brother Gleason, uh, yesterday, all the speakers, day, night, just fantastic. And believing God for great things to happen tonight. So excited about the rest of the day. Brother McClintock will be teaching. So glad that Brother Jackson is here with us, going to be preaching today and tonight. Brother Jones this evening. We are, we are truly blessed, and uh, the Lord has just been working on me, and um, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so glad God keeps working on us and uh, shaping us into his image and his likeness to represent him. God bless you. you may be seated. Um, I want to talk about um, crafting a sermon today in, uh, in this teaching session. If you are the first in any kind of lineup, here's one of the most important things to realize is that make sure you are done on time, uh, because the rest of the day hangs on that. And so I'll be conscious of your time, but I want to do something practical today and just talk about, uh, when we're talking about a pulpit CIRM, pulpit conference, how do we, many of the questions we hear at, at different times is uh, people wondering, how do you put a message together? Now this is... Uh, little nerve-wracking for me because I've got to be very transparent this is how I do things and probably everybody else that's going to speak here today do things differently but I thought that if uh, if we could just show you maybe how somebody does it I would also encourage you to um, they're not going to promote their books but Brother Jones uh, has a, a book on preaching and so does Brother McClintock life preaching and uh, we've used those with our MIT uh, back at our local church. So if you have not read those, those go in a far greater depth than anything we're going to be able to do here in the next um, next half hour. Man, but the first message I preached was on a Wednesday night service, and it was a message entitled Committed to the Cause. Uh, I can still remember that. I'm the only one that can still remember that first, uh, that first sermon. And uh, I spent hours compiling scriptures and s- the statements I wanted to make, visualizing how I would make each point, uh, you know, scared to death, um, writing out my outline uh, in this uh, half um, yellow pad, sort of a half size page where I could slide it into my Bible and no one would know I had notes, you know, it was a covert operation there. And... um the message lasted a fraction of the time that I had intended for it to. Uh, there were no pauses in my message. I spoke at a very high rate of speed, clocked at, sometimes at above 100 miles per hour. And, uh, and yet I was so blessed because the folks there at the, the church were so kind and, and so gentle with me. Uh, how I treated myself after that was not so good rather hard on myself. I mean, I wanted a a move of God that would lead to thousands receiving the Holy Ghost that night. Um I guess I never really computed that, you know, we had hundreds less than a than, than a thousand there. Um num- numerous miracles, healings, deliverances, you know, I I wanted all of that to happen. And uh my message ended up being 10 minutes or so uh speaking so fast that I'm sure There were a number in our congregation that were never sure what I said that night. You know, when we start talking about a message and and, uh, we start talking about preaching, pulpit ministry, teaching, uh, many times we do start with that end in mind, what we want to see happen, what we're hoping that will happen. And oftentimes that has been influenced by the services that we have been in where we have observed or witnessed someone else preach or teach. You know, and and so those responses can be very diverse. Whether maybe it was a service like we had last night, and uh, uh, people responding uh, to to the preached word of the Lord with rejoicing and leaping, dancing, maybe running the aisles as was taken, or maybe it is a outpouring of the Spirit, and and uh, people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, people baptized in Jesus' name. Maybe it was a a somber, heavy move of the Spirit, and people ended up coming and putting their face in the floor in consecration and commitment. And so sometimes all of those pictures are in our, our mind, and we can even put pressure on ourselves to, to go for what happened in some other service with some other person instead of letting God move through us at that time, whatever needs to happen in that time. The worst thing we can do is try to force something— into a service, that that's really not what God is doing. Maybe it was a great thing that happened before, and and it'll happen again. But but that's not necessarily what God has for me and right now. And to be able to be okay with that, to be able to trust in the Lord and in the power of His Word. And so it's very dangerous for us to just put in a preconceived idea of what we want to happen or what a great service even looks like. Sometimes we get a picture of what a great service looks like and God has been moving and we can't see it because it didn't fit what we thought was going to happen. And so we have to be aware of that. And and so when we start talking about preaching the word of the the Lord, the first thing is, is we must be students of the word of the Lord before we ever start crafting sermons. We have to have a hunger and a passion for God and we can't disconnect the word of God from, from the God who spoke this word. This is not a textbook. Right. This is not just a book we go to get good thoughts or ideas or history or other. This is this is God's word. So this is a sacred task. And we should have a a desire of it. The Bible is not a tool to prepare messages. Um it, it's not a resource, rather, it is the living. Word of God. Amen. And so we're called to preach that word. And it's not about touting our own words. Uh, Rather, we are here to make his word clear. And if we say all sorts of things and no one understands what we're saying or receives the message, then, then we have a problem, a disconnect with what is happening. And so because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord, if people are not hearing his word, we have a problem when it comes to building faith, which leads to people responding, which leads to that application. And so we have to be students of the word of the Lord. Peter said, uh, 1 Peter three fifteen, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is is in you the gospel of Jesus Christ Paul said he was not ashamed Romans 1 16, 17 of the gospel of Jesus Christ it is the power of God to salvation so this is his words there's power in his word uh, Paul said to Timothy for 2nd Timothy two fourteen. remind them of these things charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit to ruin of the hearers be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth, shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. Their message will spread like cancer. Verse 18, those who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection has already passed. And they overthrow the faith of some. He's letting you know that when you get out of the book, it leads to the overthrowing of the faith of some. Now this is what's important. Faith comes when we stay in the book. But the overthrowing of faith comes when we get out of the book. Which lets us know the seriousness of handling the word of God. We have to be a craftsman that rightly divides and treats it. As apostolic preachers, we are not hired speakers. We are not speech makers. We're not giving talks. We are preaching and teaching the word of God. Now, I've I've heard some people give some amazing speeches. May moved me, touched me, my emotions. I mean, powerful, powerful speeches. And, and so we can't ever get confused between giving a speech and preaching the word of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, when we listen, we have to understand that. While there can be some overlap in, in presentation in oratory, and oratory and things that we do to communicate, we still must always be able to differentiate in our mind that this is God's word. The Holy Word of God. Uh, we do not simply cut and paste someone else's sermons. Now, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I preach weekly. There's hardly a week that goes by that I'm not preaching at least once, uh, many times more than that. And I get ideas and thoughts, and I am inspired all the time, all over, other people's preaching. I've been inspired this week, Amen. And uh, the message that I've heard this week, and many times it triggers thoughts or sends you, and that, that's okay to go and pray and, and dig into the Word of God, and and out of those things can come messages that we share. We don't just take somebody's messages and, and uh, put them off as ourselves. We have a responsibility to do, to dig into the Word of God, to touch the Spirit of God, and allow God to work in us, amen? It, it should be that fire that Jeremiah talks about shut up in our bones, that we cannot hold back. It should come out of the overflow of our relationship with God and our study of the Word of God and our desire for God. So let me go into some of the practical steps. Let's talk about uh, selecting text and topics. Um, There's several steps to choosing the topic or text that you should address. Sometimes it is assigned. So, for instance, uh, maybe it is um, a pastor, a youth pastor, Maybe here it could be an instructor, uh, Brother McClintock, as our campus pastor with a brusper. he could assign. And so when there is an assigned topic, we have someone who has give that authority that has given us that task, and we need to fulfill that task. And that's not, that's not uncommon. There are times that I go to a meeting and I have been assigned a task to speak on, to address on. So what we do then is we dig into whatever we have been assigned, and we dig into the word of the Lord and in prayer, and we develop that. There's nothing any less spiritual than that, than when your pastor says, I want you to speak in this way on that. You do that. You fulfill that. Other times, it's through our prayer, our daily prayer and devotion. We pray and we seek God. But here's an important clarification for me. And again, I'm just going to share me. I can't clarify everything today. Uh, the other men that are going to speak they they could share different ways and different thoughts. So I just have to share my personal my personal subjective viewpoints tonight okay uh, I have to be make sure that we are careful that when we pray and seek God that rather than seeking God for a sermon, we're praying and seeking God in the word of God for the people that we're going to minister to. It's not about just Uh, I want to come up with a good sermon. It's, God, what do you have to say to who I'm going to be speaking to? God is more interested in who we're speaking to than us speaking it. Because in the Scripture, God can take a reprobate and then prophesy, as he did. Because of the people that are being that he is addressing. God cares for his people and the leading of people. Without a vision, the people perish. It's not just talking some grandiose vision that I can sort of name it and claim it, you know, that, that creativity. No, this is talking about seers. This is talking about prophets and, and who had a vision, who had a word from the Lord. and saying, without a word from God, people perish. Okay? So God can speak to us about what we need to preach tomorrow. He can also speak to us about what we need to preach months from now. And we have to be able to be in that. And so when we start talking about it, having some system. In fact, I'm very blessed. My the executive pastor of First Apostolic Church, Brother Wilhelm, is here today and, and he makes the world run. I, I'm convinced between him and Sister Russell, my world runs. And um, and so one of the things that we talk about, he will he will sometimes it's a gentle nudge. If I've forgotten about it, I'll get one of these reminders. A gentle nudge, what are you preaching about on Sunday? Or sometimes we have been talking about uh, an Easter campaign that is coming on that we started talking about weeks ago What I felt like uh, the direction that we were going to go through those that series of messages. And so sometimes it, it can come to that week and come to those last moments. I understand that you'll talk about somebody is saying Saturday night, they're praying and begging God for a word for the next day. But there are also times that if we are in a constant idea of prayer and studying the word of God, um, I, God's going to be speaking to us for a lot of things a long way out. In fact, one of the things I like to do is look over the next three months every, every week and see what's coming and then narrow it down to this week. What is ha- taking place this week? I hope if you're here and you're teaching Sunday school at one of our local churches, you're not waiting till Saturday night to dig into a lesson or to dig into the word of God, but there should be some kind of system where you are preparing your heart and your spirit and your word when you walk into that classroom. Amen? amen. amen. And so as you begin to study that, uh, you know, whether it's even a calendar at, at our church, our youth ministry director, he, he has to provide me a, a speaking calendar for what we're going to be talking about in the classrooms throughout the year. And so that can be very common based on where you go to church, where you're happening. I want to make sure a well-balanced diet is taking place just on a teachings part. I'm going to want to make sure we're talking about apostolic doctrine and distinctives on a regular, regular basis. So, uh, And then when God gives you things, thoughts, it doesn't necessarily have to be for today or this week. It can be for another time. Some of the things that start stewing in your heart and your spirit won't come out until much later. So I use a program. Called Evernote, and uh, I record in in Evernote's thoughts for messages, series, anything that comes to me. It, it's sort of an le- electronic filing cabinet where I have a file in there that uh, I keep track of things, and uh, and then when I have other ideas, I can come back and add to it. You can um, you can put photos in there. So sometimes even. You know, you're in an office, and you're reading a magazine, and you see a good story. You can take a photo of it and pop it into Evernote. It, it has flexibility. I know there are other things out there. This is what I use. But thoughts, uh, scriptures. Sometimes in my daily reading, I'm just reading the scripture for my daily morning Bible reading. And then there's sometimes that, that the Lord arrests me and says, oh, we need to spend time here. And so I'm going to pop that into Evernote as well and, and those notes and what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me in prayer. I want to make sure I have it. Now, some people, maybe you don't need that. Here's what I found out. If I do not have a place to record it where I can find it, I'll lose it. No matter how anointed it was when God gave it to me, I'll lose it, right? And it's amazing to me just through the years, through a number of years now as I've been adding to that, I have hundreds uh, that I have not used. But it's amazing as in prayer at different times how, how I'm brought back to these things that God was speaking a month ago or a year ago or sometimes even longer and that it's right and, it, and, and I'm able to have it and hold it. Also, uh, I, I put um, in here any illustration, anything I want to save and keep uh, many times even in your readings. Uh, in class, you're going to come across maybe good stories, narratives, illustrations, analogies, metaphors, things that you can use, and you can pull that and put it in there. You can tag it uh, with tags and you can find it. Because no matter what system you have, if you cannot find it, it's not helping you out. Right. And so this might be something to consider. Also, I read a lot digitally. Now, I know this can be a, a really big, contentious issue. I love Kindle, I love digital books. And the reason is I love to highlight, I love to annotate, and then if you're not aware of this, you can go to a Kindle website where it saves all your highlights, all of your annotations, and you can download those. And so what I do is I download those when I finish a book and I put it into Evernote. And then I can pull out the illustrations I want to use, I have them there, and Evernote search, all you have to do is use a few words and it'll find it no matter what. And many times I found out when I'm preaching, maybe on a particular topic, I'll put that topic in there, and an illustration or something will come from a long time ago that I forgot a long time ago, and it brings it there. So it is a system that you can can use uh, to to store to continue to build up as God is speaking. You you say, well, I, I'm not going to be preaching for a while. If you are called to preach the word of the Lord and teach the word of the Lord it doesn't matter when you're gonna preach it's are you preparing don't worry about when that pulpit's gonna become available right now is a time of preparation so you will have something to say when that time does come and and believe me when that time comes and those times start coming you're gonna want all of the resources and all the words from the Lord and how God has spoken to you through the through times uh, Pass you want to hold on to it and then when I do have a topic that I'm supposed to specifically a topic I use a brainstorming method called a mind map. How many's ever done a mind map? Okay, a lot of you um whoa Again, this is being very transparent more than I'm very comfortable with because I'm like showing you uh, some of my work This is from what I preached uh, I left it here from um Wednesday night, I guess it was. haven't changed anything. I wanted to change several of these things when I was going to put it on a screen, but I have not changed anything. And hopefully you can't read it really well, so (laughs) we're both going to feel better about this. But in here, uh, there are things that I didn't use. Um, You'll find out. And there's things that, because uh, I I never preached this message before, it's taking a little bit of time, uh, ran out of time, (laughs) things I wanted to use. And even here, you would see these circles. That means that that would go out for several different uh, (laughs) spots. But I wanted to provide you an example. So what I do personally, I have a mind uh, – in fact, um, I can tell you the program if you want to. But I do mind maps. I have a mind map for every time I'm going to speak this year that I know of uh, uh, except the the weekly preaching and teaching. I do at FAC. That's a different one. And anytime I feel like a topic is coming – I pop it into its own mind map. So I felt Wednesday night what to preach here uh, some time ago. And so what I do is I start it, and I'd even have a title then. It would just say pulpit conference. And then as it starts, it gives me an opportunity to start building it out. So, for instance, throughout a period of time, prayer, just thinking about it, how many just as you're thinking and stewing things come, this is where I can put it and where when I feel like it's time to put it together, I can come here and I, can actu- I could actually click a button and it would put it into an outline form. But what you're able to do is you're able to pull any of these things, move them all around, switch them all around, it does it right there on the computer, put it in the outline when you want to and then I can build that out. This, this helps me, obviously the way I think. Some of you would be much different and this ma- might not help you at all. But that's just an example of, of what I use. So from, from topic, from text, to having some way where you can just sort of build it over time, as thoughts come, and it's amazing as you begin to stew and thoughts come, other thoughts come, someplace where you can record it, put it down where it helps you. I've used all kinds of things throughout the years. This is just where I'm at right now. This really seems to work well for me. But from there, we go into uh, uh, our exegesis. And remember, it's exegesis over eisegesis, right? We are to pull from the text, to draw from it, not to read meaning into it. I think this is very important. We talk about rightly dividing the word of truth. God does not get glory for us mishandling his word. I'm not talking about things that we don't know. I've been preaching for a number of years, and there are things <laughs> that I, I've said at different times I'm a little embarrassed about now and in, in just not knowing and growing. So I'm, I'm not talking about all those. And listen, we, we, we learn and grow as we are at. I don't want anybody to feel when I start talking about the sacredness of what we're doing to be so uh, frightened to make this mistake. We, you, we're, we're scared to even preach or teach. Uh, that's that's not what we, got. we do our best we prepare and then hopefully we have people that can speak into our lives we have pastors we have teachers we have others that can help us in this journey but we also have to realize that we have to take it seriously that we are called worship is rightly dividing the word of God um, God doesn't receive glory when we mishandle his word uh, the pulpit is not a place for therapy it's not a place to work through your personal issues. Counseling, do that. Find a friend, do that. This is not where that takes place. This is not where I straighten out my wife because we're having issues. Although that's not about that. No, she's she's here today. I'm glad Rachel's here. Don't want her to throw anything. Um, let me put it this way: This is a sacred task. So no. Don't take your liberty. I know we want to have liberty in the pulpit, and I understand that. But no, we don't just take our liberty to do whatever we would desire. The word of God has to direct what we're doing. Our first goal is to understand exactly what God was saying in his word. We're to preach God's words. This, this is different than other things. I'm not here to preach my word. I'm here to speak what the king says. I'm here as an ambassador to give his words, how he is moving and ministering. And so I don't have that liberty in that sense, Uh, maybe the liberty and freedom to fulfill what God has called us to do, but we have to make sure we take God at his word. And so we don't take scripture and twist it and bend it because it sounds good or it'll make a response that we want it to have or we can... Use it to manipulate emotion or something like that. You don't have to do all of those things. We serve a living God. His word is powerful. It will happen if we, we have to trust Him. We can't say we have a high view of Scripture and we believe in an all-powerful God, but yet somehow I need to manipulate things. Or God's word needs my help. No. This is His word. And so... Proof texting, just taking you know uh from that that its its original setting and context and meaning because of of somehow where we want to apply it for something, the holy scriptures were were not written to us, they were written for us you know you, you can see who they're written to many times by by the title that we ascribe to the Romans or that was the original audience it was too, but it is for all of us, right? Uh, the All scripture, uh, Paul would say the Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16, is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is for all of us. Amen. And so we have to allow the scripture to speak for itself. We have to allow God to speak for himself. And so whether we talk about the hermeneutical spiral, and I'm going to hurry in, in some of these areas because a lot of this, you know, we are, we are talking about in classes and books and different things. Um, I, I had a professor, Brother Kelsey Griffin, who was amazing. And he would say, sounds good, makes a good chart, but is it biblical? <laughs> talking about when they used to make the old charts and, and uh, a lot of that back even before my day. Uh, about revelation and different things and his whole point was just because it sounds good and it's easy to speak doesn't mean it is biblical and we are called to be biblical so the grammatical historical method and digging into what the words say what they meant for their original audience and and clarification and and what does it mean for us today so I'm going to jump if you would jump with me on the slides because of the time so some of the things that I go after Doing the proper exegesis, I want to organize the scriptures and my study and my notes into how I'm going to present it. So then it comes to organization. Mm-hmm. There's some questions that I think that help uh, answering these help us process as we prepare. You know, so first, one of the first questions in organization is, is so what? So what does it mean? What does it really mean? And then now what? What does it mean for us? And then what, when we talk, tar, start talking about a, a message, a sermon, or a, a Bible study, depending on what type, and we'll talk about that in a, in a bit, but what is the central idea? Many a times if you're in school, you don't understand the importance of a thesis statement. You understand that focus. One of the areas that I, that I really struggled when I started preaching is that there's so many good things in the Bible, I wanted to make sure they got all of them. And so as a result... Uh, whatever uh, I was feeling as the primary point for that message would get lost in so many other sort of what we might say would rabbit trails or sidebars, all good stuff. And, And that's the beautiful thing about preaching and teaching is that we should, we should have been fed with so much more than we're able to share. That's the positive thing is that Typically, when someone preaches or teaches, they've studied and there's a lot more that they're unable to share, but on the editing floor that they have to cut away because what God is wanting to do, a specific direction God is wanting to do right now, these could sort of confuse the point or they would be secondary things. So what is that? What do they need to know? Why do they need to know it? Knowing these things helps us remain focused in, in, our, in our preaching and teaching. And in application, to realize the Word of God is also about us doing something. So what what do they need to do, and why do they need to do it? And so these are questions, as we're asking, will help us in refining our process. Uh, There are different type of vehicles for messages, you know, an expository, verse by verse, textual, topical. Um, I would say in this as well, sometimes we get really focus in one area, and I do think a balanced diet is important. There's a reason why uh, the canon and the scriptures are laid out the way they are. There's a purpose to that. There's a purpose to reading. when Paul wrote to the Romans that he put his argument that way, and I think that if we don't do expository teaching and preaching, times, we're doing a disservice. And I'm not saying that has to be all the time, and, and I think I'm feel like I'm, you know, where angels dare to tread right now, but uh, textual, topical, these are all things that t- take place, but we have to make sure that there is an argument there for a purpose, of course, in the exegesis, right, starting from the pic- big picture and, and understanding not only what that author is saying in that area, but But Paul's letters, that's all a part of of our exegesis. So some of the guiding questions, information, what do they need to know? Motivation, why do they need to know it? Just another way of looking at it. Application, what do they need to do? And uh, inspiration, why do they need to do it? And reiteration, how can I help someone remember? How can we put something, help out, uh, advice that people will remember as they walk away? So what I do is I have... Uh, a templates and I'm going to close with this because of time I've got two templates that I use uh, let me go to the first template yeah next one this is a detailed template I was sh- if if you want this for me I'll share it with anybody um, didn't want to be presumptuous but what I have it's three pages and it sort of brings out the things that I'm talking about it's more detailed here just as a reminder that if I was preparing something the, these are areas that trigger to make sure I'm just thinking it through. Uh, you can go to the next one. All the way down to finishing touches at the last. You talking about illustrations and word pictures, other ways that I can somehow communicate what I feel the Lord has. Sometimes an illustration, you know, word picture. These are powerful ways of helping people to understand the message that we are are teaching. Uh, next slide. And then. Uh, This is the working outline which would be the finish. So if you go to the next slide, this is the one I use every time. Back up one. So you can see at the end of the template one, this is the sort of the working outline. I don't use this one all the time now. In fact, I can't remember the last time I used it. But going to the next one, I use this every single time. It is just a reminder because I've done it so much, it, these things are right here. Uh, now let, let's get my stuff off the screen. <laughs> and please delete that the keynote. Um, so I wanted just to share. I, I don't want it to be presumptuous. I just wanted uh, to, I remember preaching and teaching and hearing people wish, you know, to be able to talk about what are you thinking, how are you doing, some of the process that you take place. Again, I would refer you back uh great books by Brother Jones, Brother McClintock, but as a third voice could just share you, these are some of the things that, I've, that I do. If you would like those templates, I'd be glad to share it with anybody. If you'd like to talk about anything I've talked about tonight, I'd be glad to talk to you and with you about it. But I'm so thankful that the people in this room are here because we value, we understand what a, a sacred and awesome responsibility it is to, t- to share God's word with other people. And there's nothing like Sharing the word of the Lord, no matter no matter who the audience is, you can you can have as much fulfillment in sitting down with one person at a table and then beginning to see the gospel or a Bible study. I I, I started first place I taught was six year old boys Sunday school, and I believe personally I believe if you can teach six year old boys you can preach general conference. I'm just telling you, much harder to teach six-year-old boys. Uh, And yet, the word of God, the anointing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord, is as much with me and on me in teaching six-year-old boys as it is here today. Because God's word is powerful. Let's have a love for it, a passion for it. Let's study it. Let's rightly divide it. And God wants to take the ministries in this room and make an impact in the kingdom of God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your time today.